I got a little sticky statement that I want to share with you today. And before you read it, you got, you got to read it in the right way, okay? There's two ways to read the statement, and I want to make sure that you read it in the right way. Moms protect dads, not project. Dads project. Say that with me. Dads project. Moms protect and dads project. A mother's instinct is to protect her young. We see it in nature all the time, right? Let me explain to you. The other day, I was at my house, and I have dogs, and we let them out in the yard, and usually if there's any sorts of animals, you know, deer, turkeys, rabbits, squirrels, anything, they chase them out of the yard. Well, we let the dogs out of the yard, and... They started barking. So I look out the front, and there's a doe, a female deer standing in my front yard. Literally from me to Pastor Paul. Welcome back, Pastor Paul. Thanks for coming back. From my dogs. My dogs are barking, at it and, the, and the deer's not leaving. And I, and I said, oh, what's wrong with the deer? And then I realized, oh, mom's protect. Guess what she had really close by her? I knew there was a little fawn close by. So I got the dogs in the house, and I told my daughter, Isabel, I said, go look in our bedroom at that doe because she stepped in the woods. I said, I bet you there's a fawn underneath her. Sure enough, she said, yeah, Dad, there it is. So I said, okay, let's walk outside, and let's, let's see if we can get close to it. We walked right up on this fawn, and I got a picture right over the top of it. Why did that doe... Why was she not afraid? She just stepped away a little bit. She's watching us because moms protect. But what do dads do? We project. There's a different role that we have as fathers. And today, I just want to get you excited about that role, all right? There's two really good Sundays for me, or two really good services for me. Number one is Christmas Eve. I just love Christmas Eve service. I love the service we do here. It's just awesome. The second one is Father's Day for me. I love Father's Day. I love coming to church. I love spending time with all of you. I love that we're going to have steak bites for dads after the service today. I love that. But, you know, for a lot of years, I worked in Mexico, and one of the weeks that I was in Mexico was this week. And so when my kids were growing up, I wasn't able to be here on Father's Day. I would call them in the morning and... I would get a lot of felicidades from people in Reynosa, but I wasn't with my kids. So I really enjoy these times that we can get together on Father's Day. But dads has a different role than moms. Moms are there to protect. That's why moms are there when babies are young and they're infants and they're little and, and they're taking care of them and they protect them. And you know, as I was thinking about this last night, it's like dads, you know, when we first have our first kid, you know, it's just little, it's in the a little bassinet or a little car seat or wherever you stick them when you bring them home. And we're like, okay, when can I throw the ball to this kid? When are you going to learn how to play some basketball? Or when can we go for a ride on a four-wheeler? Or when can I, you know, when is it legal for you to have a BB gun to shoot the BB gun, you know? That's what dads are, right? Because we want to project those things into our kids. And the mom's like, no, no, you'll shoot your eye out. 
And at that age, they probably would. So we let the moms protect them. If you read that statement as project, as a noun, it implies an undertaking. Sometimes dads are like that. And I want to apologize for the dads in this world who take on their children as projects. And uh, sometimes even I take on my kids as a project. And I want to apologize for that. But what we're talking about today is to project, the verb. It means to thrust or impel forward. We as dads want our kids to be greater than we are. We want to impel them forward. We want to thrust them forward in life in all sorts of things. And here's where the tension comes because moms want to protect. And sometimes when a dad wants to thrust a kid forward, it can get a little bit dangerous. Maybe even scary. Maybe even not all that safe. There's a best way to describe it. I was speaking this to my family and they said why don't you show this cartoon here's a dad throwing his kid in the air he's projecting that kid he's excited about what this kid this kid can fly and the kid in the middle he's going yeah yes I can fly my dad is underneath me and the mom is going what are you doing (laughs) you all laugh because laughter is an admission of guilt In the Old Testament, the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt. And as God brought them out of Egypt, he brought them through the Red Sea. Remember how he protected them from Pharaoh? And he brought them out of the Red Sea, and he brought them into the wilderness, and he protected them, and he brought a fire by night and a cloud by day. And God continued to protect them. And somewhere along the way, they were moving to the promised land. And God said, go and take the promised land. Go in and take it, because I'm giving it to you. And then they had a little business meeting. And somebody said, well, maybe, maybe we should send some spies in. Maybe we should send like 12 guys in to find out what's going on, where we should attack, the route we should take put together a little bit of structure. So they seemed like that was a good thing. So they sent these guys in. And if you were ever in Sunday school as a kid, you probably saw the flannel graphs, the pictures of when they went in the promised land, right? So land flowing with milk and honey. I don't know what that means, but I do know that they found great bunches of grapes and they... It was the promised land. It was the place that God had set aside for the Israelite nation. And they were excited to go and to take that land. But then the protection mode set in. Yeah, but you know what? There's some really, really fortified cities. And there's some really, really tall walls. And you know, there's even giants there. Literally giants, tall, very tall, giant people. They have all the things to fortify themselves. They started to get a little scared. And what happened? 
They lost a generation of people. And for 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness till that generation died off. Protection is not bad. I want the moms to understand this today that I'm not saying that you're bad people because you want to protect your kids. That's a good thing. Most of us wore a seatbelt here on the way to church, right? Protection is a good thing. Not just because the law says you're supposed to wear it, but because it's a good thing. We wear helmets when we ride bicycles. Sometimes when we ride motorcycles, we wear helmets. Sorry, I just had to put that in there. We wear eye protection and ear protection to protect our eyes and our ears from loud noises. Protection is not bad, but when it's motivated by fear, then it's bad. So moms are designed to protect, dads are designed to project. And a dad never wants to hurt his kid. A good dad wants to project his kid to greatness, even greater than what he could ever become. But sometimes that projection has danger with it. When God asked the Israelites, he as their heavenly father projected them to go into the promised land, what were they going to have to do to win over that land? They were going to have to fight battles. And some people were going to die. But it was God's plan. And that story is found in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 23 through 31. But I want to read these two verses to you. Because I want you to get the gist of what the Heavenly Father is doing here. But I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. This is God saying, the Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you. Just as you saw him do in Egypt when you went through the Red Sea. When you sent the 12 spies in, they were totally taken care of. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness. Now don't read over this too fast. Just as a father cares for his child. A dad cares for his child. Just as a dad cares for his child, wants to protect him, wants to project him to greatness, your heavenly father wants to do that as well. That's why he brought them to that place. That's why he was going to take them through what they were going to see after that. What I want you to see here as fathers today is that you have a role to play in the life of your kids. And that's different than a mother's role. Moms protect and dads project. What happens in our world doesn't always happen for good. Just like Danny was talking about, sometimes we have single-parent homes. Sometimes we have fathers that pass away or mothers that pass away. Or we go through difficult circumstances that make it hard for a family to be a mother and a father raising children together. I want to challenge you as a church with this today. If there's a mom left home, many times the kids need a father figure to step up and to teach them some life skills. We need guys who are willing to do that, to reach out into our community. That's why we have big brothers and big sisters in our community 
different programs that the community has put together because even though a mom can protect, she has a hard time projecting, teaching a kid, teaching a young man how to do mechanical things, maybe how to hunt or how to fish. Those are the things that they're going to learn from their dad. And if they don't have a dad, we as a church need to take that role on. But also, dads, we need to be in the lives of girls from single-parent homes. If there's a mom there, we as dads need to reach in and teach those girls how a man is supposed to treat them and how they are supposed to act as a lady around a man. Those are not easy things to do. And if there's only a dad left in the home because the mom is gone from the scene, then it's messed up as well because dads aren't very good protectors. And they need some moms to come around and help them with that. Perfect illustration. On Friday morning, my daughter Isabel wakes up and she's got itchy eyes. Her eyes are itching. And she needs to get some eye drops just to put in her eyes. So I take her to the Walgreens and we find this little bottle of eye drops. And then we're just going to Caribou to grab a coffee and we're picking her mom up and we're going to an appointment. So I said, she's looking at the bottle and she's a rule follower. So she's reading the directions and going through everything. I'm like, here, just give me the bottle. I'll just put a couple of drops in your eyes. Because we're going to move on through this thing, right? No, Dad. I want Mom to do it. <laughs> How hard is it to put a drop in your eye? Give me the bottle. Let me put the drop in your eye. Why is it that when kids skin their knee, they go, Mom? Because moms put the Band-Aid on, and they're the protectors, and they kiss it and make it all better. That's not a bad thing. And it taught me that lesson that I'm, I'm probably never going to be that protector role in my, in my kids' life. I want to protect them from bad things, but my role is to project them to greatness. We don't live in a perfect world. Some people struggle because maybe they didn't have that mom or that dad role model. But I know this. Every kid in this room if you're 8, or you're 18, or you're 48, or you're 88, still desire love and direction from a father. And if your father is no longer here, we have the greatest father in the world, and that is Jesus Christ. And his heavenly father is the perfect example of who a father is. And that's who I want to point you to today. All right, guys, how many of you want to be the hero to your kid? We watched that little video, and we got excited about dads being heroes. and We all do, but let's admit we all have faults, right? Superman had his kryptonite. We have our weaknesses. I want to just I want to bring this point home to you, so we're going to have a sit-down chat here. Dads? Your kids want you to be their hero. They want you to be that Superman to them. 
And you know what? I have weaknesses. My kids know those weaknesses. Embrace those weaknesses. But you can still be their hero. That's the beauty of it. Doesn't it make you just beam when your kids look at you and say, Dad, how did you do that? When a kid breaks his toy, he doesn't run to mom and say, Mom, fix this. Right? They go to dad and go, Dad, can you fix this? Man, nothing makes you more feel like a dad. Yeah, I can take care of this. And then you hope you can fix it. <laughs> I always told my kids one, they'd be like, Dad, how do you do that? I got to keep the hero image up, you know. Well, I'm a professional. That's what I'd always tell them. I'm a professional. When they're little, they, they believe me. When I got a little older, they didn't believe me so much. Dads, we all want to be the hero to our kids, and we all have faults, and we know that, and we have weaknesses. Embrace it. Don't try to hide it from your kids. Your kids know it. The best way to explain it to you is, I knew my dad's weaknesses. I'll never forget my dad used to get angry when we would do stupid stuff. Like the fifth window that we broke in a month at our home. (laughs) He got angry. Like, what's the big deal? It's just a window. I didn't break my arm or I didn't cut myself. We're good. Who knew my dad would get angry? Usually it was when his kids did stupid stuff. Or we didn't do our chores. So rather than my dad continuing to get angry with us and continuing to be frustrated with his sons, I had three older brothers, so there were four boys at home. We had plenty of opportunities to break windows and sheetrock and all sorts of things like that. He started to write lists out for us. And as a kid, you know, you sleep in a little bit in the summer. My dad worked seven to three so he was out of the house by six o'clock in the morning he had a list for us and that list included a bunch of chores and they better be done before he got home but if he got home and the chores were done dad was happy he was our hero and we were happy and life was good he figured out what it took to remain our hero and get around his weakness We all have weaknesses, Dad. We want to be the hero to our kids, but embrace your weakness. Work through it. Funny part is, my dad got so used to writing lists that that became his weakness. His handwriting was terrible. He had no punctuation in any of his sentences. He never capitalized a word. And when he tried to write you a letter, it was in a list form. (laughs) But you know what? We overlooked that. Because he was our hero. And we can laugh about it today. But dads, if you want to project your children to greatness, it's real simple. Teach them what you know. They want to know what their dad knows. If you know how to fix a car... Teach your kid how to fix a car. If you want to hunt, you like to hunt, you like to fish, teach your kid how to hunt. Teach him how to fish. 
Teach them how to ride a bike. Sometimes it might be dangerous, and your wife might want to protect them, put parameters around those lessons, but always, always project your kids to greatness. And when it comes to your relationship with the Heavenly Father, that's where we need to start. You want your kids to be better at their relationship with God than you are? Teach them how to do that. Teach them how to love God. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to read their Bible. Teach them how to live lessons by the way you live out your life. My dad was a welder. And we had a saying that he could weld anything but a broken heart in the crack of dawn. And that's one thing that I'm, I've always held against my father. I had three older brothers. All three of them know how to weld. Two of them are welders in the mines in northern Minnesota today. Never taught me how to weld. I'm still angry at him at that. I don't know if he got lazy. And he just figured, well, you don't need to learn. I got three other boys that can weld. Or if because he knew that I had a calling on my life in the ministry. And he said, I'm not, I'm not going to teach him how to do that. I'm not sure. Maybe someday I'll get a chance to ask him that. Kids don't, or parents, fathers, don't leave your kids wanting to learn something that you know. Teach it to them. They want to learn it. And it might take you longer, but your kids are going to be better off. And the most important is to teach them how to walk with God. Imagine what our world would look like if all the dads were like our Heavenly Father in Deuteronomy. If every dad carried and lifted up and projected their children to greatness. Every good dad I know desires that for his kids. Even the guys that are in the jail across the street want to project their kids to greatness above and beyond what they are. I have a different way that I want to end our service today because I want to teach kids how to pray for their dads. So I want all the dads to come up to the front of the auditorium right here. If you're a dad, you have a child, maybe your children are 40 or 50 years old. I want you to come up here. Maybe you're a dad and you've got kids that are younger, teenagers or even younger than that. I want you to come up here. And maybe, maybe this might be a revelation. There are some dads here that their kids aren't even born yet, but they're still fathers. I want you guys to come up front. Come on up front. Everybody up here. Spread out across the front here. I want you guys to face me. Now I want you guys to take a knee. Pastor Paul, maybe you can't take a knee. <laughs> now I want all the kids in this room to gather around these fathers.
You gather around your dad, you gather around another dad. I want you guys to, come on, get out of your seats, kids. Everybody, lay your hands on a couple of dad's shoulders. I'm going to teach you how to pray for your dads today. I don't care if you're a kid and you're 25, you can still get up here and pray for your dad. This isn't just for little kids. All right, all you kids. Well, we're going to have to spread out. we got kids coming down the aisle. Come on, move over this way. Come on. Come on, you guys, get in here. Don't be shy. Get in here. Move in. All right, kids, I want you to repeat after me out loud, okay? We're going to teach you how to pray for your dads. Heavenly Father, I love my dad. I want him to be a projector of the faith. I want him to teach me the things that he knows. And I want to be the kid that loves you because I have a great father figure. Thank you, Jesus, for the dads here today. Bless them on this special day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, kids, kids, you can go sit down. Dads, we have a special doxology for you today. We're going to let our kids sit down. We're going to let them get out of the way. And I want to encourage you to be projectors of the faith. I want you guys to be the heroes to your kids that you want to be, even in spite of your weaknesses. And I want you to enjoy this day. And I want you to be challenged as you leave. And if you go out the center doors here and out the front, we got some steak bites for guys today. So, doxology is a little bit different. Go ahead, guys, let's hit it. of all. 